All right, let's try this again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Foodies for Thought podcast, uh, where it's just a, a mixture of failures, one after another. <laughs> I would like to say, um, that was me. I am, the, I am the mixture and the failure. We tried to record it, and I did not plug in the microphone, so now we're out here. Take two. Back and better than ever. Yeah, and I think... You know, since last time we've grown, we've we've realized there were mistakes in the last podcast. We've changed our setup. We've changed our attitude. We've changed our lives. We're back. <laughs> but yeah, Alex, what did we make today? So we're in the process of making brownies. And here's the thing. They're in the oven right now. And they were a journey... Like, you got wild. I know we said earlier was a mixture of failures, but I think that brownie mix was the actual mixture of failures. <laughs> I think we just... Sometimes... Sometimes your life just is filled with mistakes. Sometimes your life is congealed brownie mix. Okay, let's explain. So, oh, why don't you uh, explain to us what the hell happened? Right. So recipe we used it was like a a one bowl brownie mix we were like that's easy and simple we ended up using like three bowls in a pot to make this one bowl (laughs) brownie mix um but yeah so we we heated up the butter we melted the chocolate into the butter we were mixing everything was looking great um so i was like okay what ingredients together i crack open an egg as one does um and i'm just like i'm gonna put it directly into this hot as hell uh chocolate and butter mixture that was the mistake. That was the first mistake, I should say. Um, the egg, you had to work quick, started to cook a little. It took go real quick, fast, and in a hurry. Whisker really quick. Um, and then as we added more eggs, it cooled down the temperature of the chocolate and butter mixture so drastically that it started to like congeal and the fat started to separate. That was mistake number two. Yes. Uh, so we had to get a whole double boiler going. Yeah, and when this stuff happens, remember, mistakes happen in the kitchen all the time, and it's fine, you know? You live and you learn. And when this stuff does happen, one thing that you shouldn't do is put it in the microwave. And the reason why is because you don't know what's going on in there. Like, direct, like, microwaves happening on this bowl is just, it could be a disaster. So my recommendation is a double boiler, which is, like, nice, direct, steamy heat on your bowl. Yeah, especially if your goal isn't to, like, cook your mixture. You should, yeah. like, especially if you're working with, like, eggs or something, because that's going to, you know, as microwaves do, excite those water mo- molecules, which will cook your egg. We don't want a chocolate omelet. That sounds gross. It does sound gross. I love science. Wow, we're out here. Wow. Oh, my God. Are you an engineer? Can we just talk real quick about how the engineers at the school are a mess? <laughs> He's like, listen, we go to a school that may or may not rhyme with shmoishmu. Um, <laughs> Repeat that for me. What does it rhyme with? Shmoishmu. <laughs> wow. Um, so we constantly get these, like, we'll constantly get updates about the school and what's going on within it. So, like, a while ago, we found out that, like, the engineering students are causing us to have to go through two-factor identification for, like, 
our grade system <laughs> because one of the engineers who did hacked into the grade system. Like, what the hell, guys? And, like, changed the grade. And here's my thing. They should hire this man. They yeah. shouldn't, like, punish all of us because their, their system is broken. They should be like, great, thanks for finding the flaws in our system. You get an A for whatever class this was because you've gone above and beyond. <laughs> you know, I am going to have to disagree with you there. But I also, like, here's the thing. I My question is, how can you be so smart in one subject but be so stupid at the same time? I have to believe he was failing a GE or something. He's got it. It was English. He was definitely <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Listen, as a professional writing minor, in my, like, some of my overlap classes that are also, you know, GEs for other people, they, I've never seen so many mistakes. And here's the thing. It's so good to take classes and learn, but by week 13, if you're still in class and you don't know, like, how to use a comma correctly, or, like, you don't understand that what passive voice is, like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? No, I know. I know, and, like, the flip side of that is, hey, English majors, hey, professional writing minors, we see you, we respect you, but just because we're, like, not that major or minor and we're in your class doesn't mean we don't know how to read. That is true. Because here's the thing. There are, sometimes I'll see people that are in my minor classes and, like, we'll have peer review sessions and half of the people in there who are in the minor, like, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And then the other half of the time, they're super condescending. So, like, first of all, you know, I understand that you know, if you're not an English major or, uh, you know, some sort of writing, whatever, I get it. Like, you don't, it's not a requirement all the time, but like. <laughs> this boy tried to explain punctuation to me. Okay. Is it always the dudes? <laughs> it's like always men. I, I was know. so like taken aback because we were just, we were doing our little reading. I'm in this like creative writing class for the lols. Um, and this guy is like an English major who's like a special, he specializes in creative writing. And so, here's the deal. He was like, I really love the author's use of punctuation. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's a valid comment because, yeah, okay, whatever. And so, he's like, punctuation, you know, periods, commas, question marks. And I'm like, oh my god, is he going to explain every punctuation mark to me? And he's like, you know, when the author comes to a full stop because he's concluded an idea at a period. And I'm like, oh my god. He is. He's going to sit here and explain an entire, like, and he did. He surely did. I'm excited, though. This is complete tangent. But Alex just went to go get the brownies from the oven. I'm excited. I don't know what they're looking like. But they smell delicious. We put peanut butter at the top. Alex, how are they looking? They look okay. And here's the thing. Did we poker? We did poker. How she... She's, she's, is, she exists. <laughs> you know, um, she sure is here. And she's cuter than we thought she would be. Yeah, she is quite cute in a way that's like, she's nice, you know? Mm-hmm. She's doing her job as a... <laughs> as a baked good. As a baked good. She's here, she's baked. She might be good. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's not a baked bad, you know? But <laughs> we have to let her cool. So at the end of the podcast, we'll sloice on into her, you know? Yeah, we can go through our little factors and such. We can. I'm excited. She smells so good. She does smell very good. I was getting concerned because I didn't realize it was like 
whole ass 3 p.m. <laughs> you know, and we kind of shoved her in that oven at two. At so. least though, we know that she's baked all the way through because she yeah. is kind of deep. The dish that we used, you she's know, deep. Yeah, we didn't want and not like fake deep, you know. <laughs> she's real. Uh, on the subject of fake deep, do you know how many? Here's the thing. We made mistakes with the brownies, and we've made mistakes in our lives. <laughs> and many of my mistakes have been mistakes regarding men. Like, listen, I'm in a nut- wow. lovely little relationship right now, but, like, prior to Alex, oof, you know? Are we segueing into stir in the pot? Let's segue into stir in the pot, ladies. <laughs> Alex, what are we talking about today? What what are we stirring up? Um, I think it can be a nice combination of mistakes slash mistakes we make with men. <laughs> <laughs> My I mean, mistake was ever talking to any man. I know, kid, yeah. but like, <laughs> I've had some interactions. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I've had plenty of interactions with girlies that are just like not great. I yeah. One time, my freshman year, oof, it was rough. I was it freshman year. I might have been sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I had a really rough day once, and it it was when like, uh, it was when. Like, going to dining halls was still a thing that was okay, you know? Okay. So, I went to this dining hall, and I was waiting for Alex, my significant other, and he was just taking a while, and I was waiting, and I was saving this table, and finally, you know, he comes, and he's like, oh, let's go get some food. So, we get up, we leave our backpacks at the table, and we go and get our food, and then we come back, and there are two girls sitting at this table. Very obviously freshman girls, Okay. Oof. And they were very, like, they were very pretty and very intimidating all at once. And we went up to them, like, oh, this is our table, you know? And they were like, um, do you think that you can just, like, save tables here? And I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> I've, listen, I've been doing this for a year, I'm pretty sure. And they're like, uh, no, like, you can't just take a table. Like, who do you think you are? And then proceeded to laugh in my face. And I just, like, welled up with tears and just cried. <laughs> like, I just cried because it was just, why were they so mean? <laughs> that, that's my question. Like, girls, why do we got to be so mean sometimes? That's the thing. I think maybe we all didn't get that same memo in, like, 2016 where we decided we were going to, like, be nice to each other and have hobbies instead of, like, being mean to other ladies, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it really do be like that. Yeah, I, I guess it really do be like that. Just, whatever. But anyway, some mistakes. Um, first mistake, these brownies, they, we didn't do so hot. But it's okay. I'm sure they'll... They're very crunchy looking. You know? Yeah, but here's the thing. I like a good crunchy, like, edge of a brownie. Yeah, but I, the, the whole thing would be edge, you know? <laughs> I'm edgy as heck. Oh my gosh. Oh, this Here's the thing. Me and baked goods, we don't get along. I'm not very good at baking. I'm way better at cooking. Like, you know, call me Gordon Ramsay. You know, it's fine. I will not call you Gordon Ramsay. But yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I'm just not really great at baking. But the point is that this one time with our other friend, I was making this banana bread. And we made this banana bread and we didn't leave it in long enough. But her and I are very much like, eh, what are you going to do kind of people. So we just kind of were like, I just guess it's gooey. So 
We just kind of left it undercooked. It was delicious, but you know. I want to believe y'all just sat there with a spoon and spooned this banana goop into your faces. <laughs> it wasn't. Just unbothered. It wasn't super goopy or anything. When in Paltrow? <laughs> when in Where Sponsor are you? Sponsor us. Listen, well, I have a whole quarrel with goop. But anyway, um, no, we just kind of just. I mean, you could slice it. It was just very, like, jiggly, you know? You know how, like, when you... you make bread jello? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. Brello, if you will. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, anyway, I'm eager to see what happens with these, but they need to cool down. Yeah. It'll happen fast. My apartment's very cold. I need a space heater. But that's fine. It's been so cold recently. I literally went outside and my hip, like, popped. And I was like, ah, yes, winter is upon us. Oh, my gosh. So, like, my freshman year, first of all, it was a hot mess my freshman year. And, like, I had all these friends that were just terrible. I mean, I know you weren't there, but you know the people that I'm talking about. Can confirm. (laughs) Not great people. No, they're, like, they're... I'm sure that in some respect they will be better someday, mm-hmm. but for the time being, they're not that great. Um, but I remember, like, I was a full-on mess during the cold months, you know? Because, like, when it starts to get cold, people start to go crazy. Like, they don't know how to act as human beings, and all of a sudden they're like, it's cuffing season, so, like, they try to get with everybody they know. So, you know, mess. <laughs> Like, what's a specific story? I remember... (laughs) I remember one of my friends having a crush on a girl on this floor. And, like, this person that I was friends with is... He wasn't very, um... Well, he was the kind of person that wouldn't leave, like, his chair, I say in air quotes. Because, like, he had this chair in the common room that he just wouldn't... He that was his chair. You don't sit in that chair, you know. I'm sorry. What? Right. Well, <laughs> he had this crush on this girl that was on our floor, and like she was, I don't want to say like she was out of his league because obviously, you know, I think that whole league thing is problematic, but she was very much not interested, and like he tried to go for it by like laying in her bed with her one time, and like. It just didn't, it wasn't, like I said, people be acting crazy when it gets cold, you know? Oh my god. Yeah. Ugh. And, I don't know, go ahead and just, oh gosh. No, oh my god, um, speaking of, like, mistakes and, like, people, uh, like, cuffing season mm-hmm. in the dorms, because we, we lived in the same dorm your sophomore year and my freshman year, we were, like, in the same, like, dorm yeah. grouping. Um, so people would, like, constantly be trying to date people in the dorm. And it's I'm just like, it's such a bad mistake because you're going to have to see this person all the time, first of all. Second well, of all, we're a very small dorm, so anything you do, everybody's going to know about, like, seven minutes after you do it. So, yeah, our scholarship groups was, our scholarship group was, like, a total of 100 people, but it was separated into two dorms. So we had a solid, like, 48, you know, regular residents and then, like, two RAs per dorm. And 48 people. Like, imagine it just, it was so bad. No, because it's so gossipy. Oh my god, it's it like was so leaving gossipy. high school to get to like a larger high school where people like do crazier, dumber stuff. Yeah, and it's. Um, ugh, I remember 
So uh, people used to, like, hang out on the second floor of the dorm that I lived Mm in, like, a lot. And um, my roommate at the time, so my roommate, like, my freshman year, um, she (laughs) was casually involved with someone who lived on the second floor. So sometimes she would, like, ooh, sometimes she would, like, pass through, um, you know, after her little, you know, encounter for the evening, her evening encounter. Um, And then... Oh, she God. would make sometimes she would come and chat with us and she'd have like a hickey and then like the guy would be, have like a hickey <laughs> and we'd be like oh what happened because you know we like to mess with people we were in college when yeah. we were young um and so one time this guy is like oh um so she throat punched me was his excuse <laughs> like that's the first thing that he thought of to like instead of oh I would have preferred he'd just been like yeah I got a hickey so what but he was like you know she throat punched me see the funny thing is that I know exactly who you're talking about and I'm like this man totally would have said that and like we but like a subsequent thing and it's just like also related to that so one time uh so the guy he comes out and he has like this very notable bruise on the side of his neck and we're like that's That's the largest again (laughs) that's the largest hickey i've ever seen in my life and we were like no so we were literally like we were just like what you get throat punched again and he's like no my door fell on me and we were like on your neck and he was like no you have to come see this so we all go to his room and sure enough the door is just fallen just like on the ground and we were like are you okay oh my god (laughs) so you know Sometimes it's an excuse. Sometimes a door literally falls on your neck. Okay, speaking of the mess that was this place, one time my friend my friend that lived on my same floor was really into pranking us my sophomore year. And that was fun because he was best friends with my roommate. So he would like come into my room and hang out. And then he, uh, I remember him just kind of like leaving the door open for a second while I was just, you know, working on something. And I wasn't paying attention. And then, um, you know, he leaves and it goes, you know, like an hour goes by before I'm like, oof, I need to leave for something or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I go to walk out of my door and I'm trapped because he stole my doorknob. (laughs) Yeah, stole my doorknob. Just took it. Me too. That was so bad. (laughs) Is that how you know how to take off the doorknob? Yes. He taught me how to like take it off and put it back on because he's like, you know, just in case you ever want to get me back. And I never did because I'm not that mean. Like, I'm mean, but I'm not going to steal your doorknob. What? Yeah. But I remember pounding on my door like, let me out. (laughs) So bad. Speaking of pranks this isn't even a prank but it's a mistake that a boy made so i'm just gonna talk about it because i was fine. so upset you're familiar spray paint we're gonna talk oh about my it. god <laughs> so here's a fun fact i have residents i'm you know as they say a resident advisor love my kids they're so good most of them are like really sweet and like i honestly want them to be so successful one of them in particular. Can you talk about this on the podcast? Can I? I'm not sure. Maybe I won't, but... Maybe I will, because I know what happened. So Hope didn't tell me anything. I just found out through word of mouth. So what happened was somebody decided to, like, take this little vest they found, right? Because it was perfect for their Halloween costume. Hang it inside a dorm bathroom and spray paint it? Like, full-on dark purple spray paint just on like no no protection for the bathroom on the walls on the floor if i could insert a photo i would because this was a mess and like 
I guess their excuse was just that, you know, oh, this housing, like, cleaning people will take care of it. Like, they can just, you know, take a little, take a little, like, Dawn dish soap or some points all and just, like, scrub it some on oxy-clean. off. oxy-clean. Yeah. And, like, sir, what the hell? But, you know, it do be like that. Or, like, the other day, I just don't think people know how to use spray paint. Because the other day, mm-hmm. um, I'm painting a set. Because uh, I, I do, like, set stuff, whatever, mm-hmm. for the theater. And these girls come into the, the basement area where we're all painting, we're doing our thing. Um, and it's like, a, it's like a dance group or something. Mm-hmm. And they have props that they're trying to make glow in the dark. Oh, gosh. So they take out this can of glow-in-the-dark spray paint. They don't put anything under them or anything. Why would they? And they're just, like, spray painting in this very, like, closed-off space. We're in a basement, so there's no, like, ventilation or anything. Oh, my God. And, like, the same time that they're, like, trying to kill us with these fumes, (laughs) this man is, like, trying to do his laundry, but poorly, because he didn't clean out the lint trap. So we're all like, okay, so we're all getting dizzy and lightheaded, and we're like, what is happening? It's a combination of smoke fumes and spray paint fumes, and that's the story of how uh, a group of girls and one boy almost killed about 35 people. But, you know. Oh my god. And, like, here's the thing. We were like, you can't do this here. You cannot spray paint in a basement. And they got mad, and they went up to talk to the front desk. They were like, they kicked us out of the whatever. So a guy from the front desk comes down, and he's like, Wait, you're you're spray painting in the basement? And we're like, yeah, they're spray painting in the basement. And he's like, mm, no, 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 no. You gotta go. Oh my god. I. The funny thing is just like, we have so... We could dedicate an entire series to just the dumb stuff that has happened to us in our like dorm program. Because even though that didn't happen, that sounds like some stuff that we would hear about. No, it definitely does. Because, like, people... It is a combination of hilarious mistakes that people make and, like, scary mistakes. Because sometimes there are... There's stuff that goes on in those places. Infuriating. I mean, like, three whole years of my life were wasted on a dorm... And, like, don't get me wrong, it was just, it was really nice because, you know, they offer, like, discount housing, but, like, they, they, uh, they don't really care about who's going in to these places that much, like, you know, in my opinion, I don't think situations were handled the proper way when I was there. I'm gonna agree, and I feel like there's a very, like, specific kind of person that, um, was targeted a lot. Yes. Um, just because things, again, weren't handled seriously, and then a lot of the people who were in charge didn't necessarily want to ruffle any feathers with, like... Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I've heard... There was a specific situation that... Absolutely atrocious. And I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to, like, you know, disrespect anybody that was involved. But... You know, there was a specific situation where somebody was being harassed and possibly threatened, and the person who was supposed to, you know, be there and help this person just said, I really don't want to do the paperwork. Like, that came out of their whole mouth. Like, who does that? No, and a very similar thing happened my, um, my, I guess it was my freshman year. Um, and the two people were, they had, um, the outside of their door, so, mm-hmm. like, the part of the door facing the hallway, like, was just kind of defaced. I remember that. In, like, yeah. a really mean, nasty kind of way. Yeah. And so 
they went and like nothing really happened. I remember the only thing that I remember happening was an email was sent out by, you know, our director. And like nothing else. There was no follow up. I don't think anybody even followed up with them to see how they were doing. Yeah. And that's the thing. I feel like, you know, (laughs) since this podcast is dedicated to mistakes, um, a big mistake of, you know, a lot of, and I'm not just saying this is exclusive to our school or like the places that we've lived, because I, I've i seen this stuff happen everywhere, you know? I feel like a lot of times we don't address certain situations because it's just hard. Like, ugh, mm-hmm. it's just too much paperwork when in reality we should be protecting, you know, vulnerable populations from people that are, you know, just ignorant to issues that involve these populations. And like, you know, educating yourself is a big part of being an ally but like making sure other people are educated is important too because i'm sure if we could have had an open like open dialogue about Mm -hmm. you know issues involving you know lgbt rights maybe like women's issues you know like we could have had something good but we didn't because we Mm. didn't want to talk about it until all of this stuff happened and it's like, okay, you know, good example, you know, recent, like, suicides have caused a lot of the administration here to um, put up, like, posters around, and, like, you know, they have new, like, sensitivity trainings, and they're trying to, you know, reform their mental health options at the school, but, like, where was that before, like, five different people tried to commit suicide? And that's the thing. I think a lot of, like, specifically pertaining to, like, the whole mental illness thing is they had the idea somehow that if you talked about it, it would encourage more people to do it, but I feel like talking about it has kind of the opposite effect where you're like, talking about it kind of destigmatizes it, A, and mm-hmm. then B, also gets people to be like, hey, this is something that I should maybe be getting help for instead yeah. of something shameful that I should just keep to myself, because that's how you get such high suicide rates and like yeah. people not seeking the adequate help when they like, before it's too late, you know? And I think the thing is that... <sighs> We're seeing a lot of universities really mess up uh, the whole Michigan State stuff with Mm -hmm. Larry Nassar, you know, that whole situation and like USAG. Like, I think that we're seeing a lot of schools just not follow through on really important things that they should be doing for their students. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's because of money, because I, I don't know, you know, I'm not in the administration. I'm sure that there's a lot of internal stuff that's happening that's causing all of the stuff to go wrong and keep going wrong. But my question is, you know, why why is it always after the fact? Why can't we be proactive instead of reactive in these situations? Because, you know, we just had like a whole office of, the, uh, an office that helped like you know, survivors survivors of sexual assault shut down because they were victim shaming. Why? <laughs> like, why wasn't this found out sooner? That office was operating for years. You know, like, what what the hell's going on, guys? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it is kind of procedural. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I can only speak for like 
my my specific job but a lot of the things that we are and are not allowed to do would prevent us from like providing the help that somebody would actually need yeah so if somebody came to me with like a serious issue and they just wanted me to listen to them and they just wanted to feel validated like i couldn't do that i would have to turn them away immediately just because of well i I wouldn't have to like turn them away immediately but i would have to be like hey so you can tell me this, but I'm going to have to tell, like, seven other people Yeah, this. the whole mandatory reporter thing, I feel like, is a very bittersweet thing. Because a lot of times it's helpful, and a lot of times it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, you know, I had to tell a certain situation to somebody, and they had told me after the fact, oh, I'm a mandatory reporter. And instead of, like, I just... I, I don't <sighs> like that. I think you should... Because whenever somebody tells me anything, I tell them at the beginning. I'm like, okay, you can tell me anything, and I'll definitely be here to listen to you. But I need you to know that I am a mandatory reporter. And so yeah. these are exactly the people who will have to, like, hear about this. But, like, if you're comfortable continuing with the story, that's great. If not, I can try to find you, like, a different resource that yeah. will be able to listen to you and help you in the way that you need to be helped. But, like, I always feel so bad because just the way that the procedure or, like, just the way that things are procedurally. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody has a problem, I can't really be proactive. I can only react to the situation. Yeah, and I think that... um in terms of, you know, our resources that we have, I feel like time and time again where you're, you know, told about, oh, here's a resource for this, here's a resource for this. Like, they'll hand out, like, pamphlets saying, like, if you need support for this, here are all these resources. But, you know, the office that they shut down, you know what they replaced it with? One person. Oh, yeah. Just an outreach, like, advocate or coordinator. They just replaced that that whole office with one person temporarily. Instead of figuring out, you know, maybe we could, like, outsource help from another organization or... Mm -hmm. it. And, like, even though that office was mildly problematic, they did a lot of good for a lot of people. I feel like the investigation probably should have... I feel like sometimes they cut corners. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm really not trying to bash my school or anything because I do like going to it. It's very nice. They provide me with a lot of opportunities and I love them. It's just more of a constructive criticism thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could be doing better, you know? Yeah. Because we actively, as students, we actively contribute to the culture. It's not like we're, you know, out here and the only people that are doing anything wrong or could be doing something better is the administration because I'm sure that there's some sort of way that we can interact. No, there definitely is. And I just, I hate to cut you off, but like, I feel like a lot of people will just like on campus, I hear people complaining a lot about like the situation or like the wait times to get into like our on-campus counseling Mm -hmm. and like mental health support system. But like, there are so many ways that on this campus you can get additional help and like people will complain about it but not actually look into the actual other options that are very clear and they're like very willing to work with you but, but then I also, also don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's necessarily the fault only on the student because we have all these resources but who's I, they'll yes they'll hand you pamphlets about them or whatever but like on these pamphlets that I'm getting handed I'm never told that I need a referral but you do like you need a referral to get into, you know, certain programs or whatever from, like, um, you know, like, an administrator that you mm-hmm. know. And I feel like we are not, like, there's not enough literature about how, where these resources are. I will say are. it's, like, a very convoluted way because people will yeah. be like, oh, we have all these resources and we'll just, like, send you a bunch of links and you have to kind of figure it out for yourself. And yeah. it's like, this is not... I'm already stressed enough because I'm obviously having a problem if I'm trying to get yeah. these resources. So, like, I, 
and they're just like, oh, but we gave you a pamphlet. And I'm like, that's not necessarily helpful. Um, but like kind of going back to like the culture thing, I don't think people understand that there are ways like where you can report, like we have a system that through our like, I guess it's like our multicultural center. We have a system where if you see something or you like hear something or that you're not a fan of, that's like <laughs> offensive to some degree or something like that, or it's just not being handled properly. Um, you can send them a report and they look into it immediately and you get like all of the, like a lot of people are like, oh, you send in a report and like they just kind of file it away. No, there's a person in that office that reads through all of these reports and like yeah. people will just not submit a report because they think it's not going to get the attention, but like they <coughs> legitimately take it very seriously. So I think that's part of it. Or like even with like going back to our um, counseling and consultation services, People will, like, not go in just because mm -hmm. they don't think they're going to get a wait time. But, like, a lot of the times they'll be like, okay, so maybe there's not a specific person that can see mm -hmm. you, but we can get you into, like, a group or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah, basically, we... I really like going to student advocacy when things go mm -hmm. wrong because they are so helpful here. Like, I have never had a problem with them, and I've never heard of anybody having a problem with them because they're just really... They're really out here to be your advocate. It's really nice. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, like, some people might have had, like, an issue here or there, but, you know, for, for the most part, I think they're doing as good of a job as they can, and I think a lot of times people neglect going into student advocacy because, like, they don't know what it is and mm -hmm. why it's there, and it's there for a, a bunch of reasons. Like, I remember my freshman year, I said, I ran out of work-study, like, money, so I can't really work in my office anymore. And they were like, oh, we can help you get more. Like, we'll just petition for more. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Literally, student advocacy is so helpful, because they'll, like, help you from anything from, like, the work-study thing, or, like, if you need to, like, petition a change in your grade or something. Yeah. They, like, will solve a lot of issues, but I feel like nobody knows about them. Or, like, you have to ask very specific questions yeah. in order to get someone to give you the resources that will lead you to student ad advocacy. Yeah. Which is, like, another issue where I'm like, mm, we shouldn't, like, be hiding these resources, I feel like. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I have a lot of... I go back and forth constantly on whether or not I'm happy to be here and whether or not I'm proud to be here. Not, not actually proud to be here. More that I'm proud to have like, come out of the school with a degree, because I'll be graduating school soon, and, like, you know, I go back and forth constantly on whether or not, like, am I happy that this is the place that I went? And it's not necessarily anything to do with, like, quality in terms of the education, because the education's amazing. I've, you know, I've learned so much in terms of, like, actual tangible classes that I'm very happy with that, but my experience here is... I guess in some way tainted and not because of like certain administration things or whatever it's just it's more so like situations were handled very poorly and then after they were handled poorly they're like okay we'll do better next time and it's like okay here's the thing the next time might be in four years and the people that are here now won't be here in four years because they'll either have graduated or you know dropped out or left or whatever and it's like why can't you fix it right now instead of saying, we'll do better next time. Because, as I said, proactive, not reactive. I don't understand, you know? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, 
you know, instead of like situations happening in dorms where students from vulnerable populations are threatened or, you know, they feel harassed, why can't we just say, okay, there's not going to be a next time and either get the people that are doing the bad stuff out of there or we, you know, like put a program in place where these, you know, these students who feel, who don't feel safe can go because I haven't really seen anything that tells me, ah, yes, here is a place for people who don't feel safe, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it, but I also think, like, whenever something does happen, they're like, oh, no, I have to be the bad guy. I have to go in and, like, do whoever is doing this, I have to, like, punish them, and that's going to look bad on me, and they're not going to, like, respond well to that. And I... I do think a lot of times, yes, a punishment should be put in place, but I also think a lot of times when things do happen, it's based out of, like, ignorance. Like, sometimes it is just purely malicious. Oh, yeah. And definitely you should be punishing that, getting to the root of that, and getting that problem out. But if it's, like, a problem that is based primarily in ignorance and not, like, somebody is doing something to be spiteful, then I do think it's better to have, like, a learning opportunity. And yes, of course, take the, like, proper, like procedures moving forward so that this does not happen again but i do think there should be a learning element so that people understand why what they did was like bad or harmful to another person because like if you're just like this is bad don't do it people are gonna be like okay fine it's bad but like when they understand why there's more of an empathy component to that and i think that's really important and not getting things to repeat a second time yeah that is true but you know i'm just out here and i think you know a main component of that is if we focus on sort of educating somebody on issues like what on why what they did wasn't really that great we could stop a lot of things from happening like we had i'll say i had because it it happened when you know most of the stuff happened when you weren't there Mm -hmm. um there was a person that spread some really nasty rumors about a really good friend of mine Mm. and they were very problematic they were really mean to me like at one point they sat me down to say like listen i want you to know you're not ever allowed to come into my room keep in mind they were roommates with one of my best friends and they kept saying, like, you're not allowed to come to my room. I don't like you. I don't think you're a good person. You're really mean. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then at the end of the year, they said, yeah, I don't really hate you anymore. I want to say I'm sorry. It's this person who I hate now. And they proceeded to talk shit to me about another person that we knew. And I was like, this is very problematic behavior. And, like, a lot of stuff was reported, like, then and then into my sophomore year when stuff kept happening. Mm-hmm. And, like nothing happened nobody said anything nobody said oh this is nobody even said this is wrong somebody was just like well that's what happens when you live in a dorm and i'm like you know what screw that it shouldn't happen when you live in a dorm there are things that you know if you want to say that's just what happens in like dorm life okay that's a dumb excuse because it shouldn't happen you can educate people you can talk to people this stuff shouldn't happen when you live in a dorm. You shouldn't feel unsafe when you live in a communal living space. It doesn't make any sense. Look, here's my thing. You're paying thousands of dollars to live in a space, and I think you should just, by the fact that you live there and, like, that you have a basic level of respect for the people around you, I just feel like you should, you're entitled. And I don't like to use entitled for a lot of things, but, like, I feel like in this instance you are entitled to being comfortable and feel safe Mm -hmm. in your home because it is your home. You're some of 
some people are coming from across the country. They don't necessarily have the support systems yet built when they're coming to college. You should be able to feel safe, comfortable, relaxed in your home. You should be able to feel like you can be yourself in your home and that's not going to like be detrimental to you for like, you know, like obviously you shouldn't be allowed to be like an asshole in your dorm. Like if that's who you are and you're just like, oh, I can be myself in my dorm. No, that's not what I mean. We all know what I mean. Yeah, I think the level of assholery that's allowed is like my level of assholery because I was just like not, (laughs) I was just kind of (laughs) funny. But like, I, I feel like, Malicious is different than being like, but that's the an thing. asshole. And people are like, oh, I'm I can be as malicious and like ignorant as I want because that's just who I am as a person. I'm like, that's not I what really, that is about. I also hate the ex- okay. Here's the thing, going calling back from the last time we recorded this podcast. Remember when I said if you're doing something wrong and somebody like brings it to you and says, hey, this is wrong, and you start telling them why, a lot of times instead of saying, sorry, we hear, well, here's why. I was just raised that way. Okay. And here's, and we talked about this last time. We were like, look, an excuse is not a justification. A justification is not an apology. And mm-hmm. that's not what you need to do in that instance. Like saying, oh, I was raised that way does not justify your behavior. Yes. Oh my God. I was raised that way. It's like, okay, I was raised that way, but what can I do to like fix this? And I feel like that's the real point of living in a dorm. It's like you live in a dorm so you can get exposed to people who are different than you. So that Mm -hmm. when you go out into the real world, you can be like, okay, so this is how I was raised. Maybe I was raised in a a community where not that many people were different than Mm -hmm. like specifically me or my experience. But now I'm at college. I have a better concept of like how to interact with different people from different backgrounds. So that when you go into the real world and you have like, I'm not going to say more important, but like you're an adult now. So you probably should be past that like phase in your life where you're like, Oh, I'm just dumb. And I'm like 20 something. You can like actually interact at an actual adult level with the people that you come in contact with and not be like offensive and just be like, Oh, that's fine, because I was, I was just raised that way, and that's just how I am. Like, that's unacceptable. And here's the thing. I Throughout this podcast, you know, there was definitely a couple people in mind um, that I was thinking about, like, certain situations happened mm-hmm. with them involved. But I would say that, you know, there were a lot of situations that happened with, like, different people that were... Just really screwed up in general. There is a culture around dorm life that I don't like. For example, sexual assault is normalized in dorm life. I remember one time um, somebody I had known was walking around the dorm, like, I wouldn't say they were walking around the dorm, like, drunk, but they weren't very in their right mind in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I had seen them, like, I had seen them do something that was not good. Like, really not great. And I did not feel good about it. And I asked the person that, like, was involved, hey, do you want me to say something? Are you going to report this? And they were like, you know what? Just to keep the peace among my friend group, no. And I think that's a big problem that I find in dorm life. People Mm -hmm. are very upset, especially in small dorms, like the ones that we were in. People are very weary about, like, upsetting people around them because they know it'll, like, all come back at them and people will turn against them. rather than, like, upset the balance of the dorm. So, like, my freshman year, there was this one kid that everybody was, like, super... They were like, oh, my God, they're so nice. I said, they're such (laughs) a good person. And I'm like, oh, they're not a good person. They may be a nice person, but they're certainly not a good person. (laughs) Um, And they just said some very, like, nasty things and spread some very, like, personal information about me that just, like, was not their thing to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And like, I brought it up and people were like, oh, but, and then they would like try to justify the reason. Like they knew in their minds that it was a bad thing that this person had done, Mm -hmm. but then they would just try to justify it because it's easier to like justify it and then turn on the, like the person who is having these bad things happen to them rather than be like, oh, well this person who everybody likes, maybe not as great as we thought. And that's like easier to just be like, well, you're probably just incorrect because that would mess up our dynamic. And I just don't like that culture and aspect of dorm life. And I feel like, going off of that, I feel like a big part of that is people who are scorned because other people don't like them. Mm. Like, they don't have romantic feelings toward them. Because I have seen... I can't even count on all of my fingers and toes how many times I've seen... Um, mostly guys, but a couple of girls who will do specific things, really nasty things to people in a dorm because somebody in that dorm just didn't want to sleep with them. Like, what the hell, guys? Why can't, why can't we just, you know, take it and move on? I don't understand because... It's just, ugh, and here's the thing. A lot of people will, like, get attached to the idea of a person, and they're like, why don't they like me specifically? Because, like, we would be so good together. And it's like, you don't know that. And also, yeah. if this person does not want that, I don't understand why you would want to be in a relationship or force a relationship that the other person does not want. Yeah, people don't owe you anything. Especially women don't owe you anything, first of all. Let's but, start there. you know, if, you know, you're um, a man or a woman and you think that this, you know, very kind lady. There's a culture around women owing people things. Um, just because women are taught to be, like, nice, we're just nice. But Like, I'm not going to say nice by nature, but, it's like, socially, I feel like we're kind of socialized to be, like, nice yeah. to everyone and caring. No, we're socialized to think that we're always the problem. Like, mm-hmm. I remember... And, like, we'll apologize for literally anything. Well, that's... Okay, that's what I was about to say, because I remember mm-hmm. um, my mom a while back was, like, you know why do I always apologize to this person when I, you know, do something that's, like, when I do my job, you mm-hmm. know? They'll, like, prelimin- like people will preliminary- preliminarily apologize when it's like, oh, and sorry if you don't like this part. And it's like, no, they can tell you if they... Like, you know. literally, we, know- we don't wait for there to be a problem. We're just yeah. automatically assuming that there will be a problem. And if there is, we, like, want to jump in and, like catch it before or like even if I if somebody bumps into me I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry and I'm like no I'm not sorry you bumped into me but like (laughs) you could spill hot soup on my lap and I'll probably say sorry one time a waitress spilled water on me and I was like I'm so sorry (laughs) and she was just looked at me she was like are you dumb you're covered in water and I'm like I'm sorry. Okay, flashback to the time, like, ten minutes before we started recording when I spilled water all over my lap, and I was like, it's so cold! <laughs> but I, like, didn't do anything about it, because I was just like, yeah, You sure didn't. You, you just accepted your fate. This might as well happen, yes. <laughs> it really do be like that. Yeah, we should probably eat these brownies at some point. Yeah, um... I can go grab a knife. Grab a grab a knife. Grab a fork. I'll keep it going. Yes. Hey guys. Um. So we made these brownies just to remind you what was happening. We made these brownies, right? We messed up a couple times. We hope they're fine. They should be fine. I think we remedied the situation. We also like when we combined the wet and dry ingredients, the mixture was a little a little thick. She got a little. Um, it was weird. And 
Uh, so what we had to do was we had to add a little bit more liquid into them. Ooh, those look rough. <laughs> um, We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Okay. Um, you could just bring it over. Yeah, I'm just gonna bring the entire pot. <laughs> I'll move your phone. Um, but anyway, so we had to add in a little like coconut milk and a little bit of like oil. You can just alcohol. That so is hot. Warm. No, I want this. <laughs> no, that is hot. I oh, don't know what's so still good. hot. It's so good. <laughs> you just like burn my legs. Ah uh, yes. Um. So yeah. One time, I, one time I got I literally burned my legs because I was coming from like Little Caesars or something, <laughs> and I put the pizza on my lap because I was like, where else am I gonna put it? I'm driving. And I got out of the car and my ooh, I was burned. I was burned. It was <laughs> not good. Borthed. Um. Okay, this is an interesting. They smell strange. That certainly is a brownie. I'm not mad at it. No, I'm not mad at it either. I think the, like, coffee mm -hmm. is, like, very strong in it. Well. But, like, overall. Oh, yeah. We did put a pinch of espresso powder in it. And that's just because I think it brings out the chocolate flavor in things. But sometimes a pinch turns into, like, a three-finger pinch. <laughs> that's just accidental. You know, like, uh, two shots of vodka. You're familiar Ugh. with that vine, yeah? Okay. I'm familiar with that in college. <laughs> it doesn't even need to be, like, the vine. It's just, like, remember that time? <laughs> Oof. I do that, but with, like, cheese, you know? <laughs> They're like, here's a little cheese. And I'm like, an entire brick of cheese? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we have the rating system? I don't. But <laughs> I don't because I don't know where my notebook is. Um, We're not doing too hot today, ladies. But I'll say in terms of crunch factor... A little bit of a crunch factor because the top layer is a little crunchy. Mm. You know? It's really good, I think. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I do think it does have a good crunch factor. And I'm, like, one of the people where I like the edges of brownies. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's a really good thing going for me. <laughs> so I got that going for me. <laughs> oh. But, yeah. It's, like, a good amount of crunch. I thought we were going to, like, be worse on the inside texture of the brownie. But I think that actually is not bad at all. It's not bad. It's okay. Like, is it the best brownie I've ever eaten? No. No. But, like, is it soupy and fudgy like I thought it was going to be? No. No, and here's the thing. Let me let me tell you a little hack while we're eating these brownies. Yeah, lay it on us. I like to make, you know, cake in a mug Ooh, in the microwave um, when I feel particularly not great. So, here's the thing. Corningware can go in the microwave. I have this tiny little corningware bowl that, like, I just mix a bunch of ingredients in and I stick it in there and then I gently undercook it so, like, it has the texture of a brownie. And I can make, like, full-on a brownie in the microwave. And it's delicious. And let me tell you, the hack for that is just A, undercook it gently, B, use coconut oil, and C, oof, here's the good part, actually put a pinch of espresso powder in it because then it tastes so good and also anytime that you're making chocolate anything use dark chocolate please just do it because like milk chocolate's not she's not for you especially like cho cocoa powder <sighs> dark chocolate cocoa powder that's the shit i mean you're correct i know i would never do you dirty wow what a lady well okay i think what are we talking? Portability? I can take this in like a... Yeah, if you cut her up, she'd fit 
well if you like put her in like a ziploc baggie or like um some tin foil yeah i mean a container would be bulky but you know you could probably just do like a tin foil apparently there's like a stampede of horses running through my apartment complex is that the women's march acting <laughs> above us let me tell you something okay I don't understand why men have to do this, but like, and it's, it's I've never heard of women doing this, but stomping and down the th- stairs, why? And then leaping off of the <gasps> stairs in like a Superman? Yes. No, stop. I mean, I understand like, you know, sometimes you just have to have like a little bit of your inner child just let out. That's fine. But like, I'm trying to have a nice, peaceful, you know, afternoon in my home. <laughs> So, um, also salt balance. We don't really have, it's not salty, but uh, I'd say sweet balance is fine. It's, it's good. It tastes like a brownie. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Seasonality. I guess this, you could eat it. It's a brownie, well, man. Season, you can yeah. eat it whenever. Mm-hmm. You can, you know. Although in the summer you should serve it a la mode, you know. Or all the time. I'm and always in the mood for ice cream. I think ice cream in the wintertime does not make me feel good. I will eat ice cream literally in a blizzard outside. I will literally eat a blizzard from Dairy Queen. <laughs> I will literally eat a blizzard in a blizzard. Yes. Turn that upside down. Okay, speaking of ridiculous things men say, Alex told me the other day, he's like, oh, blizzards are basically milkshakes. And I'm like, no! Where? Ma'am? You have to... Dr- drink a milkshake i feel like that's the bare minimum to be called a milkshake you have to be able to be drinkable yeah and like you can't drink a blizzard mostly because they do they even do the thing where they hold it upside down or you get your money back first of all i'd like to say my mom does not like it when people do that she doesn't like the blizzard test yes she thinks it's too gimmicky and she's like i don't care and i'm like you know because sometimes when you get like a little older you're just like i don't have time for any bullshit you're just like no and that's fine by all means, I'm, like, in my 20s, and I'm still, like, you know? No, that's fair. Sometimes somebody, like, you know how, like, when you're in a certain job or whatever, people are like, rah, rah, go team. And I'm like, literally, please just let me do my job. Which There are three people that work in my office, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I will say, so we had to do a staff retreat the other day. Ew. And I, I play in this retreat, or I help plan this retreat with one other person and so we did this exercise where you had to like fold a tarp right so we were we were all all standing up all 10 of us all the 10 people and our staff were standing on this tarp and we had to be able to flip the tarp over from the blue side to the gray side while everybody was still on it so we like accomplished it until it got like very small where like we were all barely standing on this and my boss just goes, or one of my bosses just goes, what if we just accept our fate Toy Story 3 style and just let it happen? Because, <laughs> like, the concept, I guess, is that we were surrounded by lava, which is why you could only stand on the tarp. <laughs> and they were, like, timing us. They were like, oh, you have a minute left. And we were all just like, meh. And so, like, in the after discussion, the guys that were hosting it was like, um, so you guys just didn't seem to have a sense of urgency when we announced that there was, like, a minute left. And we were all like... Yeah, what can you do? <laughs> My question is, like, what, like, 
what like lo- like landscaper's job were you doing where you needed to like fold it? T- I feel like you were doing somebody else's job for them. Like, <laughs> you know, when your mom is like, when you're little, is like, let's play the laundry game where you fold the laundry. Like, <laughs> was, what the hell was that? Yeah, it was like team building exercises. I hate those. Yeah. Because, like, I'm totally down to be a part of the team, except when you're like, we need to be stronger. And I'm like, there is only so much we're going to be able to do together. Also, people get really into team building exercises. They're like, yeah, now let's cut down our time by, like, 30 minutes. And I'm like, "Mm." no, ma'am. If it's done in the time that was allotted, why can't we just, like, live with that, you know? I'm like, some of y'all are putting more effort into this team building exercise than you do into your actual jobs, and I'm just, like, not here for it. Oh, the people that put more effort into gym class than any other class. Like, they're a student athlete, you know? (laughs) Oh, the worst. Wow. Yeah. I like that you can identify student athletes, though, by their, like, little puffy jackets. I like that you can identify them by, like, backpacks, jackets, Twitter bios, Look anything. them in the eyes and be like, hmm. I have two student athletes in um, my one of my social classes. They don't care to be there. They don't want to be there. In fact, when we all do... This, gra- this class is very group work heavy, Ooh. and I hate that, because I'm just like... Ugh. And especially, here's the thing. I've already told this to many of my friends why I don't like this class. Not to, like, shit on anybody, but everybody in this class is on, like, I don't know what level they're on, you know? Because we had an entire class, like, our professor's often late because he has tenure, so he doesn't care. Mood. But they... Like, you know, when we were before class, when the, you know, professor wasn't there, we all had a conversation as a group about how one of the exam questions didn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, which one? They're like, the first one. And it was a question about, like, you know, can you explain entropy in the context of, like, you know, social institutions or something like that? And I was like, oh, that's pretty easy because you can Google the word entropy. (laughs) You know, it's not hard. And it was a take-home exam. That's what I was getting at. And, like, it's really not hard to explain that. I think sometimes we just sort of make it hard for ourselves for no reason. Pretty much. And I feel like I I just sat there and I was like, oh, yes, no, I understood that question. I think I got it right because it was fairly easy for me to answer. They were like, but he never mentioned anything in class. And I'm like, how long have you guys been social students for? Because I remember the first day of my first social class, they told us, these classes are meant to build off of one another, so if you don't understand a concept, maybe, like, refer back to your notes for a different class, or maybe, like, come to my office hours, you know? People who don't go to office hours, here's the thing. My coursework is also very group-heavy, just because of, like, the nature of the game, I guess. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. And so, this one class, I swear to God, they might as well just give me a doctorate, because the man who teaches this, he is a doctor. Mm -hmm. He has his PhD. Mm -hmm. Yet, People want to, like, come ask me, hey, what's this? Here's the thing. And I wouldn't mind if they, like, asked me questions if they just genuinely didn't understand it and they were just like, I'm having trouble grasping this concept. You seem to have a pretty good basis. Here's the thing. This man will say something in class. They'll just be on their phones while this man is talking. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, now break into your groups. And then they'll just ask me Ah. everything. They're like, I don't understand the assignment. I'm like, that's funny, because he just spent an hour explaining it. Mm. So maybe. And, like... Fine, okay. If you if you paid attention and you still didn't get it, here's the thing. I can only do so much for you. Yes. I am a student. I have maybe three-fourths of a degree, not even that, technically. Go to his office hours. Ask him a question directly, because if you... 
they'll like send me messages like minutes before something is due. Ugh. Like our last big assignment was due and like at like 12 o'clock as most things are. And this girl sends me a text message at like 1120. She's like, um, so what are we supposed to do for the assignment? And I'm like, honey, I don't know. I don't know what your grade is looking like, but you're fairly confident to be going into this at 1120, not knowing anything about this assignment. But mm. yeah, no, I don't do fairly well with group work just because I feel like I'm so, I'm a very, I like to, I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody else is doing something and I know that they can be doing it more efficiently or better, I'm just like, why don't you let me do that, honey bones? <laughs> like literally same. I had a class, like I had an earth science class where we had to do an entire like research presentation on like um, an idea or like a concept pertaining to climate change. First of all, take a climate change class. It's so interesting and like. At the end, when they tell you there's hope for the future, you're just like, yay! <laughs> it's so lovely, you know? So, um, but I remember being in this class and doing this project, and I just texted my groupmates, I'm like, listen, you don't have to contribute anything. I will do the entire thing, and I will get us an A. And sure enough, I got us an A. <laughs> Literally, sometimes you have to be like that. Yeah, because sometimes it's just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're stupid, and I'm not saying that, like, you're not going to do great work, but what you've given to me so far, not great. This girl submitted her slides to me in Comic Sans, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Very seriously, was not trolling me. Mm-hmm. Submits the stuff. She's like, fam, I'm done with the slides. It's like 30 minutes before our presentation is about to start. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to look over them really quick. I open them. Not. It's like somebody had maybe explained to her like in passing mm-hmm. what had happened in the class for like the past five weeks they sent her a text <laughs> and she like only half understood it because like mm. mm-hmm. like every other word was maybe censored so she had to like get her little decoder and try to figure out what it was saying <laughs> so there was like just so many sentence fragments first of all in this in these slides and i'm like obviously your slides don't have to be paragraphs but like this woman who is she okay the funniest okay so you know that tweet that's talking about like oh i hate group projects and it's a text between this girl and her group and she's like hey i couldn't use your conclusion because the whole thing was plagiarized that has actually happened to me i have had people send me hey i wrote like you know our third body paragraph and i'm like oh cool and i'm just like this reads oddly enough like a peer-reviewed research study so i'd put it into like the little plagiarism finder and i'd be like okay so I'm gonna need you to not actually copy and paste the whole paragraph from like a research like, guys. That's literally what gets me. People will just dead ass copy and paste an entire chunk like nobody's gonna notice. Who does this? Like imagine having that kind of audacity to just be like, I'm just gonna copy and paste, especially if it's like a well-known study. Yeah. Oh. And you're just like, okay, well, you can do this if you're gonna like cite it. Yeah, and as one big long quote, but mm. like we can't make the entire essay a quote. Side note, can I talk about how one time in this class about poverty, this girl raises her hand and like we were talking about, you know, like implications of poverty, like social implications of poverty and um how, you know, like class differences um can be 
very difficult to handle. So this girl raises her hand. She's like, I don't know if you've seen this movie. And she goes, but it, like, starts out in black and white, and, you know, like, at the end, like, this kid sees everything in color, and it's all about, like, this community where everyone's just equal. Like, what if that happened? And my professor was very confused because she's, of course, never seen this movie. Keep in mind, I like to just tell you all that she was talking about The Giver. Like, and she didn't even reference the book, though. She's no. like, the movie. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> First of all, if you reference the movie and not the book, you were born after 2000. I don't care what you say. Like, I know what you're doing here. I think we literally had to read that in middle school or something. Okay, we did. And here's the thing. I went to a very conservative, like, school, because I lived in a really conservative town when I was younger. And, like, you know, they talked about that book in the context of like communism is bad see and you know it was like written during the red scare it was really not great in terms of it was very pro-capitalist and very biased in my opinion i mean yes and of course like we talk about that in like a college writing class and that's like the stuff we discuss but this girl had very obviously she didn't get it and i was just like I don't, I'm not trying to make fun of you because I know from this situation you can learn. Don't worry. It, it, it's only up from here, girly, okay? But, like, how did you just skip over the entire, like, and uh, even a girl in my class had to raise her hand and be like, um, yeah, I don't really think that's a really good, like, source to bring up because that's, like, you know, from the book The Giver, and that was all written, like, very anti-communist, you know, and I, I really think that sometimes different and I was like this girl is so kind and she's literally out here explaining like you know capitalism isn't great for like you know people living in poverty (laughs) and she was just gently trying to tell this girl this and she's like oh okay and I'm like I love people though who are just like we're just gonna turn this into a learning moment okay that's why I love you hope because every single time like we know a person that says something problematic. You're always like, let's unpack that. And I'm like, yes, uh, we're going to unpack my suitcase it. with me. Unpack but our like, adjectives. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't know they're being problematic yeah. when they're being problematic. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like, if you don't know, I can't put that on you. Right. Like my general thing is like, you know, when you're learning a language and <laughs> maybe it's like hard and you mix up some words, like if you accidentally said something incorrectly or pronounce something incorrectly, mm-hmm. you would want somebody to tell you yes. so you didn't go around sounding like an idiot when you got to like, like I, I speak French, right? Mm-hmm. I would speak, oui, oui. Parlez-vous français? C'est la vie fromage. Oh C'est la vie fromage. Still written on my chalkboard. Wow, love it. But like, if I was speaking in French and like mm-hmm. a French person was like, or somebody who speaks French or is like very knowledgeable about it was like, hey, you're saying that word wrong. I would be like, oh my God. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So that when I moved into other situations where I'm like interacting with people who actually speak French, they're not like, oh my God, why are you dumb? Why are you like this? Why are you butchering my language? Mm -hmm. I like to think about it like that. Like you would prefer somebody gently be like, hey, this is incorrect. Then like get in a situation where it's like, oof, why are you doing this? See, now I'm filled with regret because that same girl about a week later... Um, said something about so in a in our poverty class we often look at a lot of charts broken down by race because um, you know poverty affects people of color differently so we like to see broken down by like race and ethnicity what the implications of poverty mean so we were looking at this chart right mm-hmm. and this girl goes 
So I don't understand why sometimes you don't see like Indian people on these charts. And I'm like, okay, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and it's very much broken down by like, you know, um, African American, Asian, you know, the the typical. <laughs> Does she things. know that Indian people are Asian? Well, here's Does she the thing. know that India is in Asia? My first thought was like, oh, she might be talking about Native American. Mm. But and uh, like we could have unpacked that. But then she's like, because I always see like you know like white people Native American, and I'm like, okay, so she doesn't mean Native American. And the professor is very kind and just says, yeah, sometimes I think it could be more inclusive. And then she just calls another the person to, like, answer her question. And I'm just sitting there like, she doesn't, who's gonna tell her? And now I'm really sad because I'm like, I should have told her. Oh my god. So this is a complete tangent, but very much related. It just reminded me, one time in, like, high school, it was, like, my world history class or whatever. First day of class, maybe second day. Mm-hmm. The teacher's just like, yeah, so what are the seven continents? She's just like, ah, oh, blah, blah, review, because I guess that's review when you're in high school. What are the continents? <laughs> this boy <laughs> raises his hand, and he starts off and says Canada. So oh. we're already going downhill. <laughs> this man, and I, I wish I was kidding. I wish I was lying. Canada, North America, South America, Africa, Australia, and then he says Antarctica. He stops at six. This man stops at six. And we're just like, mm, you didn't want to, you don't even want to guess for a seventh one. Because we've already got Canada in the mix. So like, you know. But oof. No, I just worry sometimes. Yeah, I, oof. Oh, gosh. <laughs> really to be like that. I really do. I don't know. People are wild. Okay, should we rate these brownies since we've just been like casually, look, we were like, they're not that great, but also we've been just like sitting here eating them and like crunching on them casually. Here's the thing, you know, from the last time I felt like we were very like structured in terms of what we were doing and like, you know, we had a different segment, but I feel like this melded very well. Yeah. You know, I like it when it's meta and we talk about the things we're doing wrong while we're talking (laughs) about, you know? Remember when we said this was going to be a podcast about like mistakes specifically like with our interactions with like guys and then now we're just like we slightly transitioned into i just think the school could be better about like handling a crisis it was it was bittersweet just like these brownies you know yeah these brownies like they were good yeah they went through a lot but they're here and she's she's doing the best she can <laughs> she's cute um, yeah i would say that overall we have like they're pretty good. Yeah. Well, what are you, what are you going to give her out of five? Like a three and a half, maybe. maybe I would go three and a half. Yeah, because it's just like... They're, they're not brownies. terrible. And they're not like the best brownies I've ever had. Yeah, brownies are pretty... It's even when they're not great, they're still pretty brownies. great. Yeah. <laughs> but I will leave you with this. The dumbest thing that a boy has ever said to me. Wow. And we talk about this a lot in our friend group. We sure do. And I just want to say, here's a little, like, bit of sex education for you, ladies and gentlemen. A boy once asked me, hey, is a clitoris a fish? And I just want to say that whether or not you think that's vulgar, I think it's hilarious. I think it's sad. (laughs) 
I think it's so sad sad. that this man is like at a fancy restaurant. He's taking (laughs) the lady out and he's like, I heard the tilapia and the clitoris are very good at this restaurant. And I think, here's the thing, I think it's very sad because, you know, back to the bittersweet thing, Mm -hmm. it says a lot about, you know, sex education in America. First of all, last time I checked, there were only 33 states that had required sex education, and out of the 33, I think there were only, like, 20-something that required it to be medically accurate in some form. Yeah, a lot of people, like, specifically in the Midwest, are abstinence only, and then the depictions, Mm -hmm. they'll, like, bring in, like, fetuses at different stages of, like, gestation or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they always look like actual babies. And I'm like, no, it does not start out with, like, facial features. Yeah, no. And it's, it's... like, pretty much to guilt you into, like, not, like, having an abortion or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, listen. Listen. Proper... You have to give people, like, the proper information so that they can be actually informed about like major life decisions like yeah. that and i think that's unfair and like a little manipulative like more than a little manipulative a lot of manipulative. when you're like feeding people false information and having them make yeah. major life decisions off that we should talk about that we should talk about that let us know if you want us to talk about sex let, education yes we can have an entire episode. podcast dedicated to sex education because let me tell you i have some stories of men not doing too hot and it, and like specifically i think that you know it comes down to Sex education in this country isn't great, and it's always geared towards straight people, and it's always geared specifically biased towards men. So it focuses Mm -hmm. on, like, you know, the good parts about sex for men, and it's very depressing. So we should talk about that another time. Yeah, because I literally had to explain what pads were to a group of boys, and I think that was, like, oof, my big oof moment for, like, that entire year. Let's unpack that another time, yeah. So let's let's talk about that sometime. We so will. overall brownies, three point five. They were good. They were Yeah. They were brownies. They, they were brownies. Did the job. They have peanut butter on them. They're good. So Alright guys. Well, we appreciate you listening to us. Should we do a quick friend shout out? Because yes. I feel like this is very important. I just wanna say hello to my wonderful and beautiful friend Caitlin. Because oh, she's amazing. She she's is so, so good. precious. We've been friends. She's actually the first person I ever met, like, in college, and we're still mm-hmm. friends to this day, and honestly, every day that I'm friends with her, like, our friendship just gets better and better, so, like, We just sleep over last night. It was so fun. Her and I stayed up until, like, 1 a.m. just talking about life. It was wild. That's so good. She's honestly one of the sweetest, like, people I've ever met in my life, and she cares so much about her friends, and she's just a very talented and intelligent lady also, like, you know mm-hmm. that song... And I speak six languages from 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, well, this girl actually speaks, like, six languages. Oh my god, she has so many minors. It's hilarious. She has, like, 17 minors and counting. She's like that show, what is it, like, John and Kate plus eight, or, like, 16 and counting? What is the show? 19 and counting? 19 and counting. It's like her. Oh, the Duggars. Yeah, that's like They'll be featured in her sex education podcast. (laughs) Oof. Because we need to talk about that too. Okay, you know, but no, Caitlin, so I love good. Caitlin so much. She's so good. Such she's a good so friend. sweet. She's just kind of like, she always. Anytime you have a problem, she just says oof, and it's so <laughs> cute. She just feels it in her soul. You can feel like in that oof, she's like, oh, you can feel her right there with you. Uh, I think that's great. She's so good. Well, shouts outs to Caitlin. Uh, you're a lovely lady, and we love you. And uh, shouts outs to all our listeners. Thank you for listening once again to the Foodies for Thought podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Hope, and thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.
Have a good one.